racist was on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's and she was heavy laden Away we went along Collingwood Street that's on the road to Bladen Episode 17, y'all. We're at 17 now. This is going to be a little bit of a solo show. It's a solo act by yours truly. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. Elijah is not with us today, but I promise he will be back soon. So hopefully you're down with torturing yourself from hearing my voice for the next, I don't know, however long I, I decide to do this. I could make it a two or three hour preview podcast. That would be goals, but I, I won't torture you. I won't torture you. So I can definitely keep it way shorter than the two or three hour mark. Um, guys, we'll start out. Just give us a follow on Twitter. Our new CHN underscore radio is our handle on Twitter. It's our new podcast account. And then follow the, I guess, the big brother page at Coming Home NUFC. And take a visit to our website, cominghomenewcastle.com. Uh, we actually got some feedback on, on the latest episode we posted. So thank you for that. Any Any feedback that we get, we really appreciate because it helps us I guess know what you all want to hear, what you're listening for, and uh, how we can make it better. So we're gonna we're gonna start things off here. We have some club news, and we're getting closer to January. So having a lot of player links start to rise up, and you know, if you've been through a transfer window with Newcastle, it's pretty much every player under the sun. And before I start, I have, I have a I guess something to say is that. I do not like it when you, like, if you listen to, I'm calling people out here, but the Chron- Chronicle, Mirror Times, Guardian, everybody does it, but they say Newcastle is interested in, yeah, I know, Newcastle's interested in everybody, but we're not going to get everybody. Like, Newcastle's interested in Messi. Like, I want people to have some sort of, uh, like, they should be held accountable for the reporting. Like, Newcastle interested in Das Boss. Yeah, we know we've known that for years. Like, don't don't just put that article up there just because you know for a fact they're interested. Of course they're interested. Give me some substance on these articles. It's so it's so frustrating every transfer window because it's it's just that. Oh, Newcastle interested in. Oh my gosh, it bug, it drives me nuts because I'm like, you're not saying anything. It's something that we already know, and then you're having all these other poor people take it and run with it. Think, oh yeah, we're actually going to sign Messi. But no, we're just interested in Messi. Of course, everybody is. That's my that's my run, one rant. Um, but here is some actual traction. Uh, I promised actual traction here, and it's uh, so on Sunday, last Sunday, almost a week ago. Now we were scouting 22 year old striker Francois Carmona. Carmono, he's at Bordeaux, and uh, Newcastle scouts were there on a match on Sunday, along with uh, Atletico Madrid was there, and then we saw Everton, Wolves, and Leicester City. You don't know who those clubs are scouting, but you got to imagine it's Carmono. Um, he's doing really well at Bordeaux. And nine goals, two assists in 19 matches in all comps. I think he has nine league matches and uh, six goals in the, in the French league and then 
in Europe. He has a few as well. But he's doing really well, and you can kind of play him on either wing. He can play right or left wing, but primarily for Bordeaux right now, he's playing striker. So that's something to watch. Young striker, promising, doing well in, in Ligue 1 right now, and also performing on in the international stage in Europe. So it's it's something to, to take note of because we've scouted him before. Elijah and I mentioned it in this podcast. So I, I'd say it's it's something that Rafa is really targeting there. I am a little bullish on signing French players. I, we know our history. Some have worked out great, but uh, we know that that league hasn't – or players from that league hasn't, haven't really transitioned well at Newcastle as a whole, looking at the whole product in, in just the last, say, eight years. It hasn't gone well, but I'm willing to give it a shot. I mean, he's proven he can score against top competition and in Europe. So for sure, I, I'm all about that. The other one uh, that we were linked to this week is Sebastian Hilaire. We might, that's a common name. We've been linked to him before. He's currently at Eintracht Frankfurt, and he is doing really well. Striker, he's a target man. He, he's exactly what we need to fit Rafa's system, I think. And he has seven goals, seven assists, and all comps for Eintracht Frankfurt. And they're also in Europe. So he's playing top club right now in Germany. They qualified for Europe, and he is, he is performing. Seven goals, seven assists, 14 goals he's contributed to so far this year. And we're not even at the November international break. So that is pretty good stats. Right now, both those players looking to be uh, Carmono and Haller are probably going to be in the – 15 to 25 mil range. It's, it's kind of a wide range, but I'm not sure exactly what they're targeting. I know Transfer Market says Sebastian Hilaire is at 13 and a half mil. Francois Carmono is about 10. But, you know, those numbers definitely inflate from whatever Transfer Market says. But um, that is a little bit of scouting news for you. Uh, Rafa also said this week that he, his target is to get three players in. And there has been links to Troy Deeney which is interesting. Uh, we're playing his outfit this weekend. Uh, doesn't seem like Troy will be available for this match, and I'll get into that. But um, I don't think it's anything anyone at Newcastle would be mad at if he were to come in as well. All right, so today's news, uh, if you're – well, actually, it's yesterday's news because you're probably listening on Friday by now. But uh, we have another contract extension for Jamal Sells. So this is an interesting one, and, and there's a lot of takes. People are kind of running with this and taking it multiple different directions. We signed Jamal Sells to a contract extension in October of last year. It was a six-year deal, and we were very happy back then, and that's when Lascelles was in this great form, scoring goals for us. Um, I think he was our leading scorer maybe at that point, but he'd been doing very well, and obviously we finished 10th that year. Um, so they announced – Thursday morning that there was another six-year extension, but really it's just six years from right now, so they're really extending the contract one more year from when it was already at. So it's still instead of a contract that ended in 2023, it's 2024, and it looks it seems like they may have restructured um, salary on that as well. So he'll be making a, a good bit of money now. So a lot of people are saying this is just to set up a sale or whatever it may be, but. You know, it, it's different when you're you're giving a contract to your captain. So I, I definitely – I would not be shocked if if it is just a contract extension because this is your captain. You brought him up from Forest. He's done well, over 100 caps for us, and 
he's our leader. He's, he's our captain. And we know Rafa loves him. So I don't think Rafa wants him to go at all. Um, so it could just be that. But I also understand the other side of it that we've had – he has interest from Tottenham, Arsenal, and Chelsea. And those, those clubs will pay the money for him, and we gladly take him. And giving him this extension – increases the money value that we would eventually get for him because it's a longer contract. Um, more money involved, we can ask for more because you have a player locked up for a long period of time. So it, it, it begs to see. Now, there's a couple things. I, I kind of wanted to get into this a little bit. Um, I wish Elijah was here for this, but I, I'll try to do this the best I can. So there's a couple ways that this could happen. And I would love to have LaSalle stay and play his entire career. I think one of the things that clubs are missing or the sport in general is missing right now is loyalty. It's, you just, it's just not around in football anymore. And LaSalle has that opportunity to, to really be a, a hero within Newcastle, like, like the guys that we talk about. We, I mean, I interviewed one of my heroes, Warren Barton. I, I think he's, he's one of those guys, obviously Shearer, Gillespie. I mean, <laughs> Janola obviously, but that's besides the point. He, he could, he has that opportunity and he could be that player for us and that captain for years to come. That's one thing. The other thing is a sale and it's very rare. And usually in the premier league, you're not selling your captain. Nobody does that in the premier league, but in our situation, we're a little unique. So say this, let me just walk you through this, this perspective. So say Jamal sells gets sold and say it's 20 to 25 mil. I have a little theory on this. So uh, we'll call it a formula. So my formula goes like this. If Jamal LaSalle gets sold and follow with me. So if LaSalle is sold and Mike Ashley uses 100% of the money sold plus his current transfer budget to get a number 10, would you do that deal? So we're talking 20, 25 mil, just say, just because we know it's cheap. Say the transfer budget is 10 mil. So say we're at 30 to 35 mil. Do we go ahead and, and just go all in for a 10? Would, would we want that? I, I think that would be, like, if we're selling LaSalle's and this is happening, Mike Ashley has to commit. It's the only way my formula will work. The solution is, is pretty big. You have a lot of big names on there, and you, and you can look at like the top four or five leagues in Europe and think of some, um, some players that, that could come in for that price. Like one guy that I love, and actually you can go into an article that I wrote last year, and it said Newcastle should go all in on a cam. And I actually mentioned Hakeem Zayech from Ajax would be a great player. He's killing it in the Netherlands and he we've had success with one out before there there is Tyson from Shakhtar there is I mean probably not Ross Barkley now but like Lalana like Lalana would fall into that price range it, and I think he I mean he would start it's a little bit different scenario for him but he would start and he would make our squad better right now um you have Lingard Forsberg Tadic I mean Lanzini there's so many players, and there's another player that we're linked to, and even our account has said, kind of laughs that we're not going to get him, but Miguel Almiron for Atlanta United. All those players now become available by selling LaSalle's, and we already have depth at center back. So, if the, so that's my formula, I guess. 
if we sell the cells and Mike Ashley puts all of the money from the sale and his current transfer budget for January together, we could get a game changer number 10. There's a lot of other factors that go to it. Does the player want to move to Newcastle? There's so many other things. But that's just something to think about because that could put us to shatter our transfer signing um, record, but it would immediately make our squad better. And we, and we would lose a good player and a player that we all love at the same time. We would, we have depth at that position. It's probably the only position we do have depth in and we get a playmaking number 10 that can score create goals and, and wreak habit for back lines in the premier league. So something of, of note there, there's also another really good article. I want to, uh, you guys to check in. Graham Bell wrote it and that was on our website yesterday. Um, he wrote about LaSalle's new deal and saying that it, you know, it's possible that this being sold or, I mean, sorry, it's, it's possible that LaSalle's signing could be mean Rafa stays. It, it could happen. Um, we know, we know how much Benitez loves LaSalle's and, and how much he's guided him and, and how much LaSalle's has matured as a player. You know, having LaSalle's leave could even make it easier for Rafa to go. So locking him up and just reassuring his contract, reassuring he's getting the money he's earned might actually, actually mean that Benitez stays. So it's just something to, to look at. Take a look at that article. It's a really good write-up. Um, comment on it below. You can create an account on our website, comminghomenewcastle.com. It's completely free, and you can comment and interact with us on all the articles. But um, there's actually a few people that have commented now to it. So definitely let us know. Let us know what you think on Graham's article. Another thing I want to mention, this is the last thing on club news, is that a lot of supporters were not happy with what LaSalle said in his press conference. He kind of I guess acted like he backed Ashley. Look guys, if somebody pays you over $20 million, probably that's probably what the amount is 25 mil um, within the next six years, you're going to say whatever you're going to say you have, you're in is you're in his locker room cameras from the club, from his club is in your face and he's paying you $25 million pounds you're going to say whatever it is you're going to say. You're not going to tell the fans, oh, revolt, boycott against this owner that just paid me 25 million pounds. It's the, the, the dumbest thing. Just don't get, don't get soft or butthurt because LaSalle said, oh, let's all band together and Ashley's actually a nice dude. Of course he's going to say that. He just got 25 million pounds. Of course. He has no other option. Why would you say anything else when you just got paid? Like, don't come after LaSalle's and try to attack him when like any one of you would have done this, it's two faced. It's hypocritical because any person in Newcastle Twitter would do this exact same thing. If you just got paid 25 million pounds and you, if you say otherwise you're a liar, I'll say that right now. So his quote, I'll read a little bit of it. He said, speaking honestly, and it might not be what everyone wants to hear as a club. I think it's important. Everyone is together, especially when we're right down at the bottom of the table. I think the meal was very positive, having a sit-down meeting for the first time, hearing Mike Ashley speak, and seeing what he's like as a man. He's a nice guy. I know fingers are being pointed at him, but I think it was a positive meeting. And if it could happen more, I don't think it would do any harm. If there are divides, I think 
it creates a problem if everyone in Newcastle stopped the negativity and tried to form unity. That would help. Now, I want to. I, there's a lot more that he said, but it's a good point. It's a legitimate point. And so what if it's money motivated? Like, who cares? Like, this is our captain. We love him. You, you know he loves the club. Stop criticizing him. Stop saying you're disappointed or I can't believe you're backing Ashley now. No, he's, he's got 25 million pounds. Stop. So that, that's really what I wanted to say fully about that. Like, don't attack him. It's just so – it's ridiculous. I think now we're at, we're at a point where everybody's a little too sensitive. And now, like, you hear this – I thought it was a ridiculous article by True Faith um, saying that if you don't boycott, you're not a fan of Newcastle. I don't care. anything. Like, it was ridiculous. I'm not even going to say anything more. But you could see how pissed off everyone was about it. And I think everybody's at a point now we're almost fed up with each other. We're all losing our minds because we want this club to be successful. So don't take little things like this and start attacking players. That's the opposite of what we want to do. If you listen, go back and listen to our Warren Barton interview. And he even said, I, I asked him, how would you want to fans to boycott Mike Ashley? Because Warren Barton said himself that Mike Ashley should sell. Like if nobody likes you, you just sell it. And Warren Barton said the, the most dramatic effect that we've ever had as a club is when fans sit there and sing Newcastle for 90 minutes, just like we did with Rafa. We sung Rafa's name for 90 minutes. What happened? Did he say? So maybe it's something like that. Maybe sit in St. James's Park and say, Mike Ashley, get out of our club for 90 minutes in a match, in a televised match. That would be more powerful, I think. I think a boycott's powerful. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's more powerful when we're all united in TV cameras vision and say, like Mike actually get out of our club for 90 minutes being as loud as possible. And that way you're still getting behind the team. You're still protesting the entire thing. And I, I mean, if you've gone back, if you were at the match and you've gone back to listen to the match against Spurs two years ago or three years ago, whatever, whatever it was when we were our last match before being relegated um, with Rafa, when we sung his name for 90 minutes, you could hear it the entire time. There wasn't a moment on TV that you could not, it wasn't audible. Like it, you could hear it the entire time. It was pretty awesome. So it, it's something to take note of. Warren Barton mentioned it on our podcast. Rafa Benitez has said the most effective form of protest is when we're all united yelling and screaming. And LaSalle's just said it. It's something to take note. I, and I don't, I don't care if you, I mean, if you disagree, that's fine. If you disagree and you don't think that's effective, that's, that's absolutely fine. I'm not telling you one way or the other, but it's just something of note that, I mean, you have prominent players that have been in the position on the pitch and seeing that the club, the, I'm talking about three players or three people that love this club and have a unique um, insight to this club. And they're saying something completely opposite to what we're doing. We can still do whatever we want as fans, but I think it wouldn't hurt to do both also. That's full on rant. Club news will be over. If you have, if you want to talk to me about it, you can tweet at me. Uh, my actual handle is at NUFC underscore Greg, or you can tweet to the podcast account at CHN underscore radio. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think we should do? Do you think a boycott is the best way? Do you think singing Mike Ashley get out of our club for 90 minutes is the best way? Or do you think, 
LaSalle's is in the wrong for saying what he said. Do you, and I, and if you specifically would have thrown Mike Ashley under the bus after him giving you 25 million pounds, I want you to tweet to me because I want to tell you that you're wrong and you just lied to me. So <laughs> that's it. So we'll get into a little bit of the Wofford preview. Um, this, this is a vital match. I mean, match 11, um, Newcastle have never gone the first 11 matches without a win. It's never happened in club history. So I'm going to go over a little bit of the stats. And um, actually, some of the stats that I have for us today were from uh, Martin Taylor. Martin Tyler from Sky. Uh, He had some pretty cool stats about winless starts. Um, I say pretty cool lightly, but um, ever. So this is other clubs that have also had very bad winless starts that and how they finished in the season. So Everton finished 15th in 1995 and they did not win any of their first 12 games. Um, so that's something Blackburn even did better than that in 97. So they finished the season 13th and they didn't win until their 12th game. So they did, and they finished 13th. Um, Derby, uh, Darby County also avoided relegation in 2001. They finished 17th and it was their 12th match when they got their first win. Um, but they mostly teams have found it hard to recover. So you had Swindon in 1994, Watford in 07, QPR in 2013, Mackums in 17. They all finished bottom after going 10, 10 game winless. They all finished last. Um, Norwich in 05, Reading in 13, and Burnley in 2015, they finished second bottom. And uh, Man City were relegated on goal difference in 96 after not winning their opening 11 matches. So mostly it it doesn't end well. But in this case, I mean, we have proof and evidence that it has happened before. I mean, Blackburn finished 13th place after not winning their first 12 matches, or 11, and winning their 12th. So... It, there's definitely possibilities here, but I thought that this was something interesting to hear. Like, there has been a successful run of it after just being awful in your first third of, or fourth of the season. But uh, we'll get into Wofford now. Uh, one thing I want to mention just with this match is, is lineups are going to be very interesting, and specifically for Watford here. So I'll, I'll start with Watford and kind of what I think. So uh, Daryl Yanmat, we're all familiar with him, former Newcastle player. He's out with a knee injury, so he's he's not going to play. And then also Troy Deeney is doubtful. I, I don't think he's going to play. He missed the last match, and it looks like from all reports of scouring the internet to try and find something, and pretty much everybody is saying that it's very unlikely that he'll play, which is really good news for us. Um, Craig Cothcart might be out as well, so – Watford is going to really have to figure out what they're going to do with their back line in this, missing two starters. Um, Nathaniel Chalaba seems like he'll be available, so that will be a boost for them. But it's something to, to look at for. Um, on Newcastle's lineup side, obviously our only in- injury going into this is Lejeune. He's still uh, with his ACL injury. He's not going to play. But here's what I want to see the lineup. I want to see everything that we saw last match except I want to take Perez out, move Muto into that 10 spot, and start Ronan. I think that's our best lineup. And um, I, even in our last preview pod, I said we don't have to start our, our best lineup. But in this, I, th- I think we do. 
I think it's I think it's pretty crucial that we we just try to get a fast start now. It's our only way really to make a difference, and especially with the form that Watford's been on, and we can get into that too. I think a, a quick goal is vital to getting anything out of this match. And if we are gonna do are gonna go for that, a quick goal immediately, then we need to start a best lineup. And I think Rondon's fully fit. Let's see what he can do. He's been injury plagued the entire time he's been on loan with us. So let's let's just see what he's capable of. And Muto, I think I really like Muto at the ten. I think he does a lot of things off the ball that we don't take that we don't see or people just take for granted. He does a lot of things getting into open spaces. And I think he could really free up Rondon and really take a lot of attention from the back line that would free up Rondon and, and Rondon might get a couple goals in that scenario. If you start Perez, you completely alienate Rondon if you started Rondon. So even Hasselu, it doesn't matter who you start in the, in the striker position. It could be Muto. If you start Perez in the 10, it's going to end up being a 4-4-1 more than a 4-2-3-1. And the striker will be completely alienated. And you'll even see, like, it will kind of even look like a 4-4-2 because Perez moves so far up top and does nothing, and he's almost in line with the striker. So it's like a staggered, like maybe a false nine type of scenario up top. But Perez gives nothing formation-wise and completely ruins our chances of of doing anything on the attack because he alienates everyone because he doesn't do anything and i'm not being harsh guys if you like just watch it more if you disagree with me but it's bad when he's on the pitch he doesn't do anything for us so i really hope that we can see muto in that spot back line i would love to see we, we haven't seen share really but we know federico fernandez is doing really well lascelles is has had some bad spots this season, but he's still having a good year. And dumb it, Yedlin. Diame, Shelby. I would love to see uh, Shelby Key uh, pairing to start the D-mid position. Uh, I'd love to give Key a chance to distribute and start the match and, and play a full 90. I think Diame's kind of run out of it a little bit. And then a Matt Ritchie-Kennedy wing pairing would be great. I think that's that's the best scenario that we could do. Um, and as always, I would love to see a member of the youth squad on the bench. I would love to see Longstaff on there. I would love to see Sorensen. I would love to see somebody get a shot, but I won't count on that for this one. So Watford's form is something of note. So they've, they're, they're doing really well. Um, their current form. So they have, they have what? So, okay. They had a four game winless streak. And then they won back to back against Wolves and Huddersfield, so they were they were in the top top four for a good bit, and then four winless, won back to back, beat Wolves, beat Huddersfield. They shut them both out, so they're in seventh place right now. And uh, with a three zero win against Huddersfield, two zero win against Wolves, um, after and then before that they were smashed by Bournemouth and Arsenal. Um, so they, they're definitely back into form. And one of the things that they have really done well is they've been cutting into really good back lines. And I, I feel that's, that's what I'm concerned with because right now it seems like every aspect of their game is locked down. You have Roberto uh, Pereira and Gerard Diofilo. They are playing out of their minds. And I don't think anybody on Newcastle can stop them if they're both playing at the top of their game. And they're 
tearing apart defenses. I mean, Wolves isn't really a defensive side. They just kind of go for it no matter what, no matter who they're playing. So respect to that. But they tore through Wolves and absolutely torched Huddersfield, who were just sitting as far back as possible. But they won 3-0, even though Huddersfield didn't really go at them at all in that one. But they've also been burned. You see what Burnmouth did to them. Arsenal obviously looked very good against them. So it's going to be interesting to see what side Watford has. You know those two are going to start. You know they're going to try to play through them. So it's going to be up to our back line and playing out of the back and really kind of somebody has to force them out of the game. Somebody's going to have to get physical here. We need to see the passion against these two. Like, I want to see our, our lineup absolutely obliterate them, those two players, Roberto Perea and um, uh, Deo Fulu, because like, they, they, will, they will torch us. If, if they will get their way, my prediction, if, if Perea and Deo Fulu play as well as possible, it will be 2-0 Watford final. We won't even score. It will be 2-0, and everybody's going to be pissed again, and we'll go 11 straight without a win. But if somebody can get physical, and I'm not saying yellow cards or anything, just bump it around, show them that you're there, it, you know, it could be something where we can pull off an upset. Um, with our squad's confidence, I don't see it. I mean, you didn't get a single shot, shot on goal against Southampton, who haven't scored in four matches. So I, it's, it's tough for me looking at this lineup, even with the injuries, it's tough for me to say Newcastle will go out and win at home. Because I feel like sometimes at home is our worst form, which is even more embarrassing. So it's, it's going to be very difficult for us. I, I think, I hate to say it, but I, my prediction is 2-0, Watford win. Um, and I think I'm just picking against Newcastle at this point until they prove me wrong. And I hate to do it because I love this side. I love, I love the club. Um, I hate what Ashley's done to it, but this is the reality of the situation that we're in. Um, and it, it's just not, it hasn't been good for us. So um, Hornets, when they're here all time and when they're, when they're playing in tune all time, they have a pretty good record, honestly. So since, well, I'll just say they're two and two since 2006. They're really, it's been the 06, 07 season we won. Uh, Martin's got both goals. 09 to 2010 season, uh, we won 2-0. Love and Kranz uh, got a goal there. And then 15-16, we lost 2-1. Actually, Jan Mott got the goal in that. And then last year, lost 3-0 at home to Watford. So it's going to be tough. This is going to be a really tough match. And nobody expected, and, and I, I keep throwing myself under the bus because I picked Watford and Burnmouth to go down this year along with Cardiff. And I am looking very wrong on that as both of them are in the top half of the table, Watford and Bournemouth. But uh, after seeing what Watford's done in their first 10, I don't see how we can match up and, and beat this, this team. Um, clubs that I see worse than us right now, I see. I think Cardiff is worse than us. I think Huddersfield is worse than us. I think Fulham is worth, worse than us. Um, but really, it's and, – and I think Burnley is worse than us. I do I do I think four teams are still worse than Newcastle. So I just unfortunately right now I don't think Watford is. So it's going to be very tough. It's gonna to be a tough match. We're gonna have a lot of our work cut out for us, but that is pretty much my that's my full review for this one. It's gonna be a little bit of a shorter podcast, 
So we'll, we'll take a look at the Premier League table. I know it pretty much met, mentioned most of it, but bottom three is Huddersfield at, in, the, in the foot of the table. They are playing Fulham, so that will be a, a big relegation fight there. And then we're at 19th. Fulham is at 18th. And Cardiff is playing against Leicester. And Southampton is playing Man City. So a win here, assuming Leicester beats Cardiff, um, could put us out of the relegation zone, depending on the Fulham-Huddersfield result. I expect Fulham to win that, which would keep us in the relegation zone. We'd be in 18th, but with a win. So it's something that, of note. On the top at, top of the table, it's Man City and Liverpool are tied with 26. Chelsea at 24 points in third. Arsenal in fourth with 22. And Spurs have 21 points in fifth. Uh, Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea are still unbeaten in the Premier League after 10 matches. Watford is in seventh place. So they have six wins, one draw, and three losses so far. And they're at a plus four goal differential which is the lowest, actually second lowest goal differential in the top half. Everton's in ninth place with a minus, or sorry, plus two goal difference. Watford's at plus four. So um, actually I, I lied because Man United has zero and Wolves have zero on that. So whatever. <laughs> they have the sixth best goal differential in the top half of the table. Um, so we'll, we'll get into your questions now. Uh, we only had one question. Don't forget to keep sending questions, guys. We definitely want more feedback as far as that goes. But we had our question from the GOAT, from the legend, the official questionnaire of CHN Radio from Trevor Mooney. And it's another good one. (laughs) Um, Pulling it up now. Okay. So you're stuck on an island. Who would you want or what would you want to bring? You can only bring one. You have a floor mat, a laundromat, or a yan mat. <laughs> uh, well, yan mat has a hurt knee, so I'm not picking him. <laughs> so, so I'm down to – I'm stuck on an island. I have a floor mat or a laundromat. Man, I, I, I would use the laundromat. Simply, Trev, I got to – Trevor, I gotta, I gotta use that for parts. I think, I think that's, I have to pick that one because you can only use a floor mat so much, right? I guess I can use it for shoes or something, um, but I'm sure I can get a lot more usage out of, out of the laundromat <laughs> because there's a lot of parts in there, and even if it's a small one, I could probably do a lot of damage. Um, but uh, a yawn mat with a hurt knee, that's completely useless. Now, when he's healthy, might have a different answer, but this one, I might, I might be solo on this. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna be. I'll, I'll follow our Twitter account at chn underscore radio because we're gonna be posting some things on match day. Uh, probably something humorous to get us in a good mood because there's always the potential it could be another awful Saturday for us. But we'll be listening to that. Um, to the to the fans tone and trying to bring some light to the situation please rafa do not start Iose perez because i think we can there's a chance we can get points if if he's out of the lineup so please just help me out with that um looking forward we have we just have this match and one more next saturday before the next or really the last international break until march so this is we Vital two matches. We want to go into that break with something to show for it. 
we're going to, we're going to need some help. So um, we're going to have international break. We're, we're working on getting some fan interviews for you. Another, another special guest interview for you. So a lot of, a lot of good content to be found there. Please follow us. Please contribute. Please email us chn radio nufc at gmail.com. And we are excited. Let's get, let's get three points. Let's try. I know I'm not very optimistic, but I think it, it is possible. We just have to do those things that I said. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes this episode 17. I really appreciate you guys listening to us. Talk to us on social media. You love us. So show us. Thank you so much. Trevor, awesome question. Elijah, we miss you. And away the last.
There were spice gals and monkey shows and ad wife selling ciders. And a chap with a hot and he's owned a boat to the normal ads for riders. 